I'll be reading from uh, Luke 1, 39 to 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to, to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of you, of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of the Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there, that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to the descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Um, please join me in prayer. How many of you have seen Star Wars? Wow, that's a bunch. Um, well, I am not going to talk about Star Wars today, but I just was curious to how many had seen it. I have not seen it yet, but um, chances... Okay, don't spoil it. And I'm sure some of you are afraid, if you haven't seen it, that I, I would spoil it. But I'm not going to do that. But today, it is all about love. We have looked at uh, four different words, and we talked about how these are really not uh, nouns. As we look at them, they could be. Hope is a thing. It's something out there. We can't always feel it. We can't always describe it perfectly. But we talked about how it is something we do. Right? We, we do hope. We get out and we engage in the things that God has given us to do. We also looked at prepare. We are to prepare the way of the Lord in, in our world. We are to go and to be busy doing the things of God uh, in our world, in our neighborhood, in our schools, right? Wherever we happen to be at any given time. And then last week, we celebrated with rejoicing and talked about the joy of the season. And sometimes, for so many, if not all of us, we have uh, times, episodes, where we feel very little joy at all. When the holidays are supposed to be joyful and happy and all the bright lights and the gifts and the things around us, sometimes we just don't feel it, right? But joy is something we do as well. We rejoice even in times when we don't feel it. It is an act of faith. And then love is our word today. And it is very difficult to define this word. It is a noun, but it is also a verb. It is something that we are to do as well. And we use this word love in so many ways 
describing our feelings for someone that we're crazy about, right? That we love that person. We just love them. Or someone who is the greatest of friends. That familial uh, love that is there as well. That we love our siblings, right? We, we all love our siblings, right? We are supposed to. Um, or we uh, talk about our favorite flavor of bluebell ice cream. We love. What is your favorite flavor? Yeah, it, it's all back now, at least in East Texas, because I sampled some this, uh, this past uh, Friday. Jack and I made a journey to uh, find bluebell ice cream, and we found it. There was the Great Divide, there was vanilla, there was Dutch chocolate. It's coming back. Uh, they did not have the listeria flavor. So that's listeria, yeah. If you see that, you don't want to eat it. Or uh, this love that we see on our bumper stickers that states that we love our dachshund or we love our cat, Debbie. At some point, we used it in more serious ways, like when we question if love is something beyond a feeling, when we decide to declare it to someone significant, or when, after doing so, we at some point wonder if we ever did, or if we ever again could love that person. And it seems, then, that we have many uses and meanings of the word love. And it is because either it is such a grandiose thing, or we just really don't understand it at all, do we? What is love to you? Think about that. How would you describe love for someone who had never felt it, someone who didn't understand the definition of love, how would you express it? Well, our Advent text this morning gives us a great place to begin uh, trying to understand what this word is all about. As we hear from Luke's gospel about someone who came to embody true love. Luke describes for us about what took place. And by the way, if you'll find a pew Bible there in front of you, Um, You can look in Luke chapter 1, because this is where we find the joy of Christmas. This is where we find this expression of God's love during this season. And so if, if this is a new thing for you, if this text is new, or maybe you heard it on the, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special where it is read in such a wonderful way, this is where it comes from. And we're going to hear this, and I invite you to come back Christmas Eve, because that story will be read. This account of the birth of Christ will be read, and we will celebrate it uh, as we light candles, as we have communion, and uh, as we sing some, some beautiful music and lift up our praises to God. But it is in this first chapter of, of Luke Luke describes for us about what took place here when Mary went to see her cousin, Elizabeth. Both women were expecting and would have had very much in common and plenty to talk about during their visit. We don't get all the details about their visit, but what Luke does tell us is that something amazing happened as they gathered there together. 
when they greeted one another, as the unborn children they carried greeted one another as well, with Elizabeth's baby, John the Baptist, leaping within her. Did you catch that in the reading this morning? Or as you look there at the text, her, her child, baby, leaped. Is leapt? Is that the right word? I have a degree in English. I can't remember. <laughs> leapt, leaped uh, within her as, as Mary's baby, uh, baby Jesus, drew near. As these two cousins got close together, something amazing happened. What's most significant, though, is what we learn about Mary in the words of Elizabeth and in the beautiful song this Magnificat, as it is described, this, this song or these words that Mary uses to describe her praise of God. Baby John the Baptist in utero gymnastics were followed by Elizabeth's powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit, leading her to celebrate with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we don't think about the Holy Spirit until Pentecost, Right? We think about the giving of the Spirit at that point. But the Holy Spirit is active in Mary's life, is active in in Elizabeth's life, as well as in John the Baptist. But leading Elizabeth to celebrate what God had revealed to her about Mary with these words. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. We don't know much about their prior visits, but I'm betting that this is not the typical conversation when these two cousins would come together. Elizabeth could do nothing else but be moved by the Spirit when she saw Mary and as she saw God's blessing on Mary. Have you ever seen God's blessing on someone? Have you ever been around someone and you just know that something is going on in that person's life, that that God is active in that person? I like to think I have a halo. You're laughing. I... Um, if I did, you would help me remove it, right? You tell me I need to shine it, maybe. But even though we don't walk around with halos, God is active in all of us. But there was a special kind of activity that was going on with this blessing of Mary. Mary was radiating um, the wonder and the glory of God. And so as this was taking place, Elizabeth notes God's blessing on her. And when she saw not only Mary and the blessing on her, but that Mary was bringing God's blessing into the world, something amazing was going on. On this fourth and final Sunday of Advent, we are given the great opportunity to encounter Mary in a similar life-changing way. The same Holy Spirit that moved Elizabeth and the baby within her can move us here today as we see Mary and as we consider what we can learn from her blessing from God. Protestants don't do the best job of honoring Mary, do they? I mean, we love Mary. 
And we love to think about how she was the vessel of, of, of God's activity in the world. But we need to learn more about Mary, don't we? We need to see Mary in a different kind of way, a, a way that, that goes much beyond Bethlehem. A Mary that, that goes way beyond this uh, birthing of Christ into the world. There is so much more that we need to understand. And I hope that this fourth Sunday of Advent will lead you into a deeper study and an understanding of the role of Mary in the world. But as we think about this on this fourth Sunday, we do see that she changes our lives and that this same Holy Spirit is much at work in our world today as well. There are so many things that we learn from her blessing. And the first one that we see here in the text today is that Mary was chosen by God to be the vessel of love, of justice, and of salvation for the whole world. Elizabeth saw this, didn't she? Mary felt it. And Mary felt it so deeply, in fact, that she sang out these words. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. It would have been blessing enough to be allowed uh, to hear that God was about to save and deliver her people, to deliver the Jews from the oppression that they were under. But imagine this poor peasant girl. And, and by the way, we, we tend to think of her being older, uh, but scholars and others would understand, especially uh, given the, the context of the time, she probably was about 13 years old and in absolute poverty. And so this poor peasant girl's realization that she was pregnant with the very one who was to bring it all to be, she was the vessel of hope, of love, of justice, and salvation for the whole world. My mother collected antiques. And by the way, I forgot it. I have a show and tell today. My mother collected antiques. Um, and she uh, blessed our home with furniture that, that contained stories from the past. Uh, one item that she found uh, was this brass tin, and, and you can't see it, and it's not very shiny. I need to shine it. But uh, on the front, it has a big M, and uh, it says uh, Christmas Eve 1914, uh, France, Russia, and I cannot read the top. But it's a, it's a very interesting. It has the image of Princess Mary, and um, when you look inside of it, uh, it describes that in 1914, everyone serving in the British Armed Forces received a brass presentation box from Princess Mary on Christmas, and it had uh, chocolates inside of it. So this was something that, uh, that she did, and, and my mother gave this to me, and I could tell by its shape that it wasn't the electric guitar um, <laughs> that I had hoped for. By the way, I never got that electric guitar. Bill, I could play with you today if I had been given that electric. Yeah, <laughs> she knew what she was doing or not doing. Uh, and I never got the drums either. 
But uh, I wasn't sure what, what this was after pulling it from the paper. But when I opened it, I found the card. And uh, as, as I read the card, I, I thought about what it would have been like to be one of those soldiers in the hellish mustard gas trenches of World War I. They said at times there were rivers of blood going through those trenches as dead bodies and and just the destruction of all of the warfare around them. In the midst of all of that, Princess Mary sends these chocolates to say, you have not been forgotten. Know that we as a nation are full of gratitude and we want you to know that there is hope in the darkness of these days. I'm sure those were the best chocolates they ever ate. As followers of Jesus today who await His liberation and salvation for our world, we can know that we are blessed to be God's vessels in this world. To be vessels of hope and salvation to the people who are all around us, who are in darkness and despair, who are going through the challenges of life. And though we do not carry the physical presence of Jesus in our world like Mary did, we are called and blessed by God to be containers of Jesus. And what a blessing to be carriers of Christ. In these times of unceasing violence, societal unrest, pervasive bigotry, rampant incivility, and perpetual hardships... What a blessing to be assigned by God to deliver to our world the one who can deliver us all. On this day when we light the candle of love, what a blessing to be like Mary and to share with the world a love that is indeed everlasting. But what we also learn from Mary is what it means to believe God. It is one thing to believe something about God, but quite another to actually believe God. Especially when God informs you that you, a young girl living in poverty, are going to have a baby who is going to save the world. I mean, what a daunting assignment for such a young girl. What a scary thing to be approached by an angel and told that you would be involved in such an outlandish plan. Surely Mary was tempted to think she was seeing things that night of the Annunciation, thinking, what, what did I eat? What is it that, that I'm seeing? I, I'm having problems. This is something that has never happened before. Surely she must have been in a daze, wondering what was wrong with her mind after hearing voices, the voices of the angels. We would question our emotional health, wouldn't we? And yet she believed. She believed in God's message. She believed in God's plan. She believed in God's Son. Much is in the news right now about Mother Teresa, as she will soon be recognized by the Catholic Church as a saint. I mean, it's hard to think of Mother Teresa and think she is not already a saint for all that she did with her life in this world. All of the lives that have been touched and changed and healed, all of the miraculous things that were done through her hands and her feet. 
as she carried the good news of Christ to the poorest of the poor, to the least of these. It is obvious that Mary was Mother Teresa's inspiration. If you read her words, you read the writings and the things that she said, you will see that Mary was very much the inspiration for how she did ministry. And you can hear it in a prayer like this one, where she said, Mary, give me your heart. So beautiful, so pure, so immaculate. Your heart so full of love and humility that I may be able to receive Jesus in the bread of life and love him as you love him and serve him in the distressing guise of the poor. Mary, uh, Teresa knew she couldn't love the poor by herself. She knew that she didn't have the inspiration on her own to do that. But she would get that inspiration from Mary. Mother Teresa was blessed with a great example of what it means to believe God. Doesn't Mary's simple belief in God challenge you? It challenges me. And just when we begin to think that we must must have misheard God or questioned God's audacious plans for the world, we are to remember Mary's belief. When we think of all that is wrong with this world, and there is plenty, of all of the hurt, of all of the hopelessness, we are to remember that Mary trusted God in the midst of just as much darkness and despair. When we think that the powers of the proud and unjust are too great to overcome, don't forget that Mary believed God had given her an overcomer of one who would lift up the lowly, as she described. Just when you think that you're too small or too poor or too powerless or too sinful, too damaged, too young or too old, you must remember Mary's belief. Mary also sang of how her soul magnified the Lord. As the message translation phrases this verse, I am bursting with God news. When I first read that, I thought it was good news. I am bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. And you get this image of Mary, not just uh, reciting these words or uh, whispering them to someone. No, she is dancing and she is Uh, proclaiming what God has done for her and what God is doing and will do in the world. The realization of what was going on inside of her, how it would affect what was going on all around her, all of this prompted her to burst out in complete adoration of God. As a lens magnifies small print and brings it up closer to the eye, so her soul was bringing God up close and personal. With her praise. She was drawing attention to God with her jubilant awe of what God was revealing and doing. The hope of all Israel was on its way, soon delivered directly for them to behold and even to wrap in swaddling clothes. Mary's recognition of this and her way of magnifying God give us a great example of how we are to do the same. As we come to the point of recognition of what God has birthed into our world through Mary, 
we can't help but offer our own praise to God. I hope you've done that this morning. Or as you go into this week, as you hear Christmas songs, or as we go out this afternoon and and, uh, go caroling, as we sing these beautiful songs that we might allow them to be songs of praise. As we also get to the point of realization of what God is birthing in and through us into our world of today, we magnify God and remind the people around us that hope, hope is on its way, but that it is also here for us now. Who are the people around you who need that hope? Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's someone in your family that is going through such a difficult time. And you have, you are the the carrier of hope for the world. And possibly the, the greatest gift, the greatest thing you could do this Christmas season is to share with them that hope. It is here for us to receive into our arms, to behold and to wrap with our lives and love. What a different world there could be if only we embraced this hope this week as we celebrate His arrival in our world of long ago. As we announce His arrival in our world today. Let us pray.